Good morning, HC, and everybody online, man. We welcome you guys. We're so glad that you're with us today. We're kicking off a brand new series called Blessing. So there's a story of a grandmother, and she would go out on her front porch every day, and she would pray and thank God for his blessings. And her neighbor would overhear her praying, and he wasn't a believer, and he would say things to her like, you know, there is no such thing as God. Well, one morning, he overheard the grandmother praying and asking for God to provide groceries. And so after overhearing her pray that prayer, he decided to go to the grocery store and buy her groceries and leave them on her front porch. The grandmother came out, saw the groceries, and began thanking God for the blessing. Her neighbor then came over and said to her, God didn't give you those groceries, I did. And the grandmother went on praying, and she said, God, thank you again for the blessing of groceries, and thank you for having my neighbor pay for them. I don't know what you think of when you think of blessing, but I would imagine that right now in the season that we're in, we're probably noticing blessing and blessings a little bit more than what we did just a few weeks ago. And maybe we're asking for blessing just a little bit more intently than we did just a few weeks ago. Maybe we're bowing our heads before we eat our meal and saying the blessing with a little bit more sincerity in our hearts. Well, that's a good thing. And blessing is a good thing. How many of you right now want a blessing? Like, you want a blessing. I'm going to go ahead and raise my hand. Maybe I can't see you raising your hand right now. If you want to jump in the comment box and just say you want a blessing, just go for it. Say, I want a blessing. Blessing gets us excited, doesn't it? And there's a lot of different ways we can go when we think about blessing. We can think about relational blessings. We can think about financial blessings. Maybe you're thinking about a new car, or maybe right now you're actually just thinking if you can get the car payment covered, that will be a blessing, or the house payment covered, that that will be a blessing. Maybe you're thinking new clothes, if you could get out and go to the store and actually shop for them. Maybe you're thinking a blessing would be to go about life as you used to and be free to go around town and other places. The list goes on and on of things we could say when we want a blessing. Well, the words bless, blessed, and blessing are found in the Bible over 500 times. Over 500 times. So it brings us to this question. What is a blessing? Is it merely stuff, the things that we get, Well, I want to give you a definition that I think is going to be helpful. It comes from a pastor. His name is Warren Wearsby, and here's his definition of blessing. He says, any act of God that brings him glory by accomplishing his will and helping his people grow and do his will. It's there on the screen, but I want to read it for you again. I want you to get this. Any act of God that brings him glory by accomplishing his will and helping his people grow and do his will. I think that's a really good definition for us to think about and to consider when it comes to blessing. Well, blessings, you you can't buy them. You can't manufacture them. You can't bargain for them. They come from the Lord. I want to look at two stories this morning from the Bible. One of them comes from the Old Testament. So think Moses and Abraham. And one of them comes from the New Testament. So think about the time of Jesus when he was here on this earth 
up until now. So Old Testament and New Testament. God deals with his people differently in the Old Testament than he does in the New Testament. But one thing we find the same about God dealing with his people in the Old Testament and in the New Testament is that God is a God that loves to bless his people. Absolutely loves to bless his people. So first, let's check out this intriguing story in Genesis chapter 32. Genesis chapter 32, and we're going to begin in verse 20, excuse me, verse 22. Genesis chapter 32, beginning in verse 22. It says, during the night, Jacob, and so we've got this guy, his name's Jacob. He wakes up in the middle of the night. For us to get up in the middle of the night, it's kind of awkward. It's kind of strange. We hop into vehicles and we have headlights and we all this kind of stuff. They didn't have that. So during the middle of the night, Jacob got up and took his two wives, his two servant wives, and his 11 sons and crossed the Jabbok River with them. I just want to pause for just a moment and I want to give God a shout of praise that I only have one wife and four kids, not two wives and 11 kids. Strange stuff going on here. Verse 23. After taking them to the other side, he sent over all his possessions. This left Jacob all alone in the camp. And a man came and wrestled with him Until the dawn began to break. It's intriguing, isn't it? Verse 25. When the man saw that he would not win the match, he touched Jacob's hip and wrenched it out of his socket. So this guy that Jacob's wrestling with is struggling to defeat him. Jacob's scrappy and strong and going for it. And he knocks his leg out of socket. Verse 26. Then the man said, Let me go, for the dawn is breaking. But Jacob said, catch this, I will not let you go unless you, here it is, bless me. Verse 27, what is your name, the man asked. He replied, Jacob. Your name will no longer be Jacob, the man told him. From now on, you will be called Israel. So his name was Jacob, That name meant trickster, and that's kind of how Jacob had functioned through life. He told things that weren't true. He tricked people, kind of found himself on that path, and he's being renamed with this new name, Israel, which means prince, and ultimately we get this name of a nation. Yeah, Israel, right here, and he is renamed. It goes on in verse 28 to say, Because you have fought with God. Did you catch that? Because you have fought with God and with men and have won. Verse 29, please tell me your name, Jacob said. Why do you want to know my name, the man replied. And then he, look at this word, then he blessed Jacob there. Verse 30, Jacob named the place Peniel, which means face of God. For he said, I have seen God face to face, yet my life has been spared. Most scholars agree that in Genesis chapter 32, that Jacob, who was renamed Israel, actually wrestled with Jesus. A Christophany is what we would call this in theology. And if you're thinking, wait a minute, this is in the Old Testament. Like, Jesus didn't come into play or even into existence until the New Testament. Listen, Jesus always has been. 
He is eternal. He has no beginning and he has no end because he is God. In fact, if you read Colossians and other New Testament scriptures, you actually realize that the one of the Godhead, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, the Son whose name is Jesus, actually created the heavens and the earth. If you ask me why I think Genesis chapter 32, that the man was Jesus, here's why I would say it was Jesus. Because when you have an encounter with Jesus, you leave changed. Jesus gave Jacob a new name. It was Israel. Jesus gave him a new walk. From this point on, Jacob, now Israel, walked with a limp. Jesus gave him a new purpose and a new plan for his life. There's some things about the blessing of the Lord that I think are interesting as we think about this story. The blessing of the Lord comes at unexpected times. In this story, it was in the middle of the night. The blessing of the Lord a lot of times comes at unexpected places. He was in the middle of nowhere. It also comes in unexpected ways. In this story, he got his blessing in the middle of a wrestling match. Listen, a blessing of the Lord doesn't always look like what we expected. There's really good news. Today, you don't have to wrestle with Jesus to get your blessing. You just have to believe in Jesus to get your blessing. He may or may not give us a limp, but he, listen, he will take away our sin. Can you give me a greater blessing than Jesus coming and taking away our sin. And this is the blessing that Jesus is so gladly giving today. So let me ask you this. Do you want the blessing of the Lord? Do you want the blessing of the Lord? Maybe instead of going to God and saying, hey God, here's what I want. What if we went to God and we said, Hey, God, what, what do you want for me? What do you have in store for me? Because whatever you have is the blessing, and that's what I want, and that's what I long for most. I trust that your plan's better than my plan. Your gifts are better than the gifts that I can come up with. So whatever you've got for me, I'm willing to receive. A lot of times we want the blessings, but we don't want the limp. We want the good stuff, but we don't want to deal with the bad stuff. We want the fun stuff, but we don't want to deal with the hard stuff. Well, next, let's check out this story in the New Testament over in the Gospel of Luke. Luke chapter 5. And in Luke chapter 5, um, we've got Jesus here on earth, and he is interacting with his disciples really for the first time. Pick it up in Luke chapter 5 and verse 1. Luke chapter 5 and verse 1. It says, one day as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. So he's preaching a message. He is teaching a big crowd of people. Verse 2, he noticed two empty boats near the water's edge, for the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push out into the water. So he sat in the boat and taught the crowds from there. Verse 4. 
When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon. So Jesus finishes the sermon to the people, and now he's got a word from God for Simon. Again, he finished the sermon to the people, and now he's got a specific word for Simon. Right now, I'm preaching a sermon to the people, but I'm praying that through this sermon to the people, God has a word for you. It's the difference between coming out of a church gathering or listening to a sermon online and saying, man, that was a good sermon, as opposed to coming out and saying, you know what, that was for me today. Was that guy reading my mail? Has he been in the middle of my business? Because like what he was saying was right in the middle of what I'm dealing with right now. Well, again, I pray that the Lord has a word for you today. Again, verse 4. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, here's the specific word he had for him. Now go out where it's deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. And so Jesus is telling Simon, this guy that he just met, who he's borrowed his boat, to go out into the deep and to go fishing again. Verse 5. Master, Simon replied, we worked hard all last night and didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, I'll let the nets down again. So Peter is trying to be pretty kind about this thing to say, Jesus, let me explain something to you. We've been fishing all night long. We're professional fishermen. What's your profession? By the way, Jesus was a carpenter up until this point. So Jesus was a professional carpenter telling some professional fishers how to go fishing. And so Peter is like, hey, we fished all night. The fish aren't there. We didn't catch anything. If we can't catch anything, they're not going to be caught. You want us to go out into the deep. They're in the shallows at nighttime. In the daytime, they're going to go deep, and we can't go that deep with our nets. But if that's what you want us to do, we'll, we'll go for it. We're tired. We want to go home. But if it'll satisfy you and it'll prove whatever point you think it'll prove, uh, we'll cast our nets out again. And so they did it anyway. Verse 6. And this time, their nets were so full of fish, they began to tear. What we are seeing in this moment is Simon, Peter, experiencing a miracle. Jesus has told him to do something that made no sense whatsoever. They did it anyway, and they're catching this literally boatload of fish. And it's going to go more than a boatload. Check out verse number 7. A shout for help brought their partners in the other boat. And soon both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. Listen, this was a blessing from the Lord. It came at an unexpected time, in an unexpected way. And this is an unexplainable story. If you were Paul over in Ephesians, you would say that this is Abundantly more than I can imagine, ask or think. Let me toss a couple things to you. Two ways that you can know that potentially something special is coming from God. Number one, he allows your efforts to be unsuccessful. Everything you've done and everything you've tried, even if it's in your area of profession, and you've got it all figured out, it's just 
not working. Over and over, beating your head against the wall, and it's just not getting there. Potentially, something special can come from the Lord. The second thing I want you to notice that you can maybe key in that God's about to do something special is that he asks you to do something that doesn't make any sense. He makes a request of you like, hey, I know you fished all night long and you're tired and you want to go home and it doesn't make any sense to fish in the daytime, but I want you to go back out. Those two things can potentially help you realize that something special is on its way. Look at verse number eight. When Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, Oh Lord, please leave me. I'm such a sinful man. Verse nine. For he was awestruck by the number of fish they had caught, as were the others with him. His partners, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were also amazed. Jesus replied to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. And as soon as they landed, they left everything. Check that out. Left everything and followed Jesus. Let me ask a couple of questions. Why would God bless me? Why would God bless you? Why would God bless us? Well, I want to give you three things that we potentially are seeing in this passage that help us to realize our reasons for a blessing from God. So three reasons for a blessing from God. Number one, to show you that he, God, knows more than you know. These guys were professional fishermen. He was a professional carpenter. Seemingly, they knew everything there was to know about going out and catching fish. And yet Jesus showed them, hey, guys, I know more than you know. And you need to know that I know more than you know. You need to know that I know what you don't know. For you to know, he knows, he puts you in a place where you can look to him for answers and you can trust him knowing that he has more knowledge than you have. He has more understanding, more insight, more wisdom than you have. It's him saying to us, listen to me, I'm reliable, I'm trustworthy. When I speak, you should listen. So when you get a blessing from God, he is showing you that he has access to things that we don't have access to. He has knowledge that we don't have. He wants you to know that he knows. He wants you to trust him. Uh, it's like the man that fell over the ravine and uh, caught hold of a branch sticking out. And there he was dangling. And he's yelling up across the ravine, help me. Please help. You got to help me. You got to help somebody save me. You got to help me. And about that time, a voice comes out of heaven. And the voice says, I hear you. I can help you. The voice then goes on to say, do you believe I can save you? And there's the man hanging by the branch. Yes, yes. The voice comes back. Do you believe that I want to save you? Absolutely. Save me. Save me now. Do you believe that I will save you? Yes, go ahead and save me. Then the voice said, let go. The man cried out, is there anyone else up there? 
I think that's us a lot of times. God is telling us what to do, and it doesn't make any sense. Listen, when God is requesting for you to do something ridiculous, he's potentially setting you up for something miraculous. I'm going to say that again. When God asks you to do something ridiculous, and he will, he's potentially setting you up to experience something miraculous. Will we trust him? Will we believe that he knows more than we know and that he can do anything and that he can accomplish anything? Well, here's another reason for a blessing. Number two, to show you who you are. For me to realize who I am and for you to realize who you are. Verse eight is so huge. It says, when Simon Peter realized what, he had, what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, oh Lord, please leave me. I'm such a sinful man. Most people look at the blessing that they receive as a confirmation that they were good enough to have received it, that they had done enough for God to give them favor. And I'm here to tell you that God doesn't give you a blessing because you are good. God gives you a blessing because he is good. It's interesting as you read this, Jesus never points out to Simon Peter any of his sin. He just sees the holiness. He sees the power. He sees the knowledge. He sees the miracle working Jesus. And he realizes how weak and how sinful he is in and of himself. And Peter has this life-changing moment of confessing his sin to Jesus, and it literally alters the course of the rest of his life. Third reason for God to give you a blessing. It's for you to be a blessing. Look at verse number 11. And as soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. That's strong, isn't it? They left everything. Can you imagine just deciding I'm going to leave everything behind and go follow this man named Jesus? Well, if I'm honest, if I'm Peter, I'm probably not thinking about leaving everything. I'm, I'm probably thinking, hey, Jesus, how many shares of this company do you want? Because I'm thinking together we could go somewhere. We could really accomplish something in this fishing business. Uh, you want controlling interest of the company? That's okay, too. Whatever you need. I'm, I could use a guy like you. Did you hear what I just said? I could use you. I'm afraid that's the way a lot of us think about God and the blessing that he gives us. We just want to use him for what he can give us. And we completely miss the purpose and the point and the beauty and the relationship that comes with the blessing. Some of us think the purpose of the blessing is the blessing. But the purpose of the blessing is to make known the blesser. The purpose of the blessing is to make known the blesser. The blesser wants to bless you so that you can turn around and be a blessing yourself. Jesus said, I want you to not fish for fish anymore. I want you to go fish for men. I'm going to bless you with all these fish. I'm going to let you experience this miracle, but it's so that I can do something else with you and so you can go and be a blessing to others. Listen to me. God wants to bless you today. With what? I don't know. How? I don't know. Why? Because he's good. Because he's good. Will you position yourself right now for the blessing today? 
If Jesus tells you to move to the left, will you move to the left? If Jesus tells you to move to the right, will you move to the right? If Jesus tells you to do something ridiculous, will you be willing to do whatever he's asked you to do, even if it's ridiculous? Well, here's one position that I think all of us need to make sure that we're in if we're going to receive the blessing that God has for us. I think we've got to lower ourselves. We need to be humble and grateful, ready to gladly receive whatever God has for us, trusting that he knows what is best and ready in that humility and that gratefulness to use it for his honor and for his glory and to be a blessing to anyone else that he wants us to be a blessing to. Maybe you kind of resonated with that unbelieving neighbor in the story of the grandmother earlier. Maybe you're somebody that's like, I don't know if Jesus is believable or not. I don't know if I can trust him or not. I don't know if I want to believe in him or not. Maybe you wonder if God even is real. Well, this man named Jesus that we're reading about in Luke chapter 5, he's very real. The story of his life goes on where he ends up dying on a cross, even though he had done nothing wrong, no sin, no transgression in his life. And he was willing to die on the cross for me and for you and for all of the wrong things that we've done in our life. And then three days later, he came back from the dead. I know Easter was a few weeks ago, but I'm here to tell you, he is still alive today. And Jesus wants to bless you today with salvation. He wants to bless you today with the forgiveness of your sin. He wants to take your sin from you and give you his righteousness and his salvation. Will you believe in him today and receive him today in this life-changing forgiveness that we're speaking of? If you would like to trust Jesus for the blessing of salvation, would you be willing to pray right now? Words are going to come on the screen. I'm going to read them. And if you want to pray this prayer, just pray with your heart of belief in Jesus and allow him to save you. Would you pray? Jesus, I believe you are good. I know that I'm sinful. You are the Savior. I believe you died for my sin and came back from the dead. Please bless me by forgiving me of my sin and making me your child. Please save me. Amen. If you distrusted Jesus, we want to celebrate with you. If you pray to trust Jesus, would you text this word, trust now, one word, to the number that's on the screen, 94,000. Would, would you text that one word, trust now, to 94,000. Our team is anxious to hear from you and to celebrate with you, with you and encourage you. Listen, everyone. Listen. God wants to bless you. Will you receive the blessing? Don't go away from this video yet. We want to speak a blessing over you.